welcome to the Mindful Surfer podcast with myself, Will Foster, and my co-host, Liam Morgan, who is dressed all in black, like a ninja. Here come the men in black, guaranteed to drop in on you. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I need some singing. If anybody could give me some singing lessons, that would be great. I tell you what, in that movie, the gun mm-hmm. that can erase the memory yeah. would be very, very useful for a lot of situations. Now, we've discussed this. So you can blitz my memory when you've dropped in on me and you can say, I wasn't even. What, you, what are you talking about? I wasn't even going to take it there. This is where you're going now, isn't it? This is, you're getting meaner. You were nice. It's because I'm dressed in black. You were nice, and then just gradually, just over time, bit more of a cunt, bit more of a dick, just... Oh! C-bomb, already. C-bomb. Sorry. He said it! He's only two minutes into the show! (laughs) (laughs) Now, the question is whether we edit that out, or do we leave it in? Yeah. And the thing is, Liam tends to kind of, like, give me the slit throat from the other side. You don't see this, because we're not on YouTube yet. What I'm going to do from now on is give you the men in black gun. Start giving me the gun. That's what we need now, so people can forget your potty mouth. And just assume that these boys are very nice. That's anyway, a good idea, actually. Hope you enjoyed Friday's show, because it was like the Bill and Ted of the Mindful Surfer. We, it was a blast from the past. It was one of our archive shows. So um, it was nice to hear uh, old Will and Liam. <laughs> old like, Will and Liam. That was recorded quite some time ago. We were a bit clunkier um, in many ways. But listen, this is just like surfing. You practice, 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 and get a little better. Occasionally get, if not occasionally, if not more than occasionally, quite frequently get frustrated yeah. with the performance of things only because you're being a perfectionist. Yeah. Like we've both talked about this, that when we hear our voices from a few months ago, there's one lens that's the perfectionist, AKA ego. That's like, Oh, not sure about that. And then there's the soul, let's say on the other side that sort of just goes, yeah, you were doing what you were doing. It's all good. You know, should um, never apologize for the things you've done really yeah, that you're trying yeah. your best at. Yeah. And how can you get better at anything in particular surfing? We, <laughs> this is a surfing show without, uh, without at one stage being absolute beginner. And I know I use that word and it's a label, but what do you like? You, you like to use adult learner. Well, or, well, I've come to this new thing now. I might have mentioned it before. Improvers. That's it. I spoke to someone this morning. I've got a buddy of mine in Japan who is looking at surfboards. By the way, Boards in Japan are astronomically expensive, he was telling me. How much? Well, we're talking, if you buy a Firewire there, you're talking 2,000 US dollars, he said. What? Yeah. So for the... the talk, he's looking at this pod mod, this talk pod. I hope you don't, Chris, I hope you don't mind me mentioning you on our show. <laughs> we might start importing or exporting boards to Japan. Now, we're talking about this, actually. But this, this idea that I think he's looking at this talk pod mod to improve his surfing. Good board. I'll show you afterwards, actually. But what would be, what, 357 quid here? Something like that, 360, 400 quid, is about 750, 800 quid. That board is the equivalent of what we would get a carbon wrap puddle jumper for from Lost, you know, in the UK. Insane, isn't it? That is massive. On that front, on yeah. boards, we are both frothing yeah. on wanting another board. Another board. I want another board. And then, and then another one. Especially now and, I put a big hole in my Evo. Especially <laughs> as you put a hole in the Evo. <laughs> the really humbling thing with surfing is that you think you've got the perfect board and it's going to do everything you ever wanted it to do. And then, ah, alas, it disappoints on that front, that front, that front. Now, again, it's just because there's no perfect board. I remember uh, Joel Parkinson talking about this very eloquently. He's a great speaker, Joel Parkinson. It's a very chilled voice. He was talking about... The perfection fetish on, on actually on, on boards. It was a great insight. And they, they were discussing, you know, the virtues of quads and the virtues of 20s and the virtues of thrusters and the virtues of more rocker, less rocker, dot, 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 dot. And this is what makes surfing so amazing is the nuances. There's so many. There's millions. I mean, imagine just the nuance of water itself. It's no one wave is the same. So there's that bit to it. This nuance is crazy nuance. And then when we add ego to that mix and we're like, oh, you know, my board's not quite. I know. You know, oh, it's and it's like what the fucking nothing wrong with the board, man. Well, isn't that <laughs> isn't, isn't there in the kind of and we're talking to ourselves here, but there is a good sort of uh, metaphor for life as we often come back to on this show because it's the board, it's the wave, it's the wind, it's the rain, it's the conditions. It takes a long time for somebody to say, "Is it me? Do you think it's me?" It's what we were talking about on social. Yeah, and I've been through this. As soon as you look in the mirror and peel back the layer, interestingly, based on that last show, 
because we were talking about beginner, intermediate, improver, or whatever terminology, uh, listening to that show from, from way back. Because we did start recording some last year even, didn't we, before all this kind of crazy stuff happened, and about kind of the process of surfing bigger waves. And as I've talked about in the earlier episodes, even for somebody who's sort of ocean comfortable, ocean lover, been surfing, inverted commas, for, what, 20 years now, you have to peel back the layers even more when you think you're something and you've stuck a label on yourself in order to improve. Mm. And it's, it's true, isn't it? You go through boards, you go through conditions, you go through those things. And as soon as you look in the mirror uh, and say, it's me and therefore what do, I, what do I need to change before then I add a new board or tackle different conditions, it's so much more satisfying. It's a very painful process to go through sometimes, particularly for the ego. So much, dude. Because my ego is very happy with itself mm. when I'm in Bali and I'm doing the most complete roundhouse cutback that I could do mm. or even should do. What a silly word that is. And then when I'm cooking it, like I would on weaker waves, ego doesn't like that. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, no, I, I, I've held myself up to be a, a good surfer, whatever, whatever that is, right? The humbling bit and the, the bit that's so so wonderful too is when you raise your awareness of all that because you you just start to realise that there's only the present moment. Wherever you go, there you are, as John Kabat Zinn yeah. once said, and we talked about this on social media. Um and we related it, we we little turn of phrase, we put it into you know, wherever you surf, there you are. Mm. And I didn't realise until I became more aware that it was me who had the issue. Not the waves, not my board, um, not where I was living because I was living in the city away from the ocean. Loads of things. I mean, you could you could go on and on and on. We could, the, mind will find, <laughs> the mind will find a fucking problem if it wants to. I mean, you get rid of one and it looks for another. It's hungry. The mind and ego is hungry for problems. I find this fascinating. I'm adamant about my meditation practice and I've practiced thousands of hours by now. And I still to this day have a mind that looks for a problem. And you think, God, no, surely, no, I've got rid of that, you know, because I've had health challenges in the last couple of years that I've really started to improve on that are now almost there and done. Business stuff for me now is picking up and that's kind of, you know, getting done. So that, let's call that, you know, fear of death. And then the next one, fear of lack of money, you know, the, the biggies, right? And then my mind goes on to this old anxiety that I picked up when I was in my 20s, when I had this little funny heart episode. It was only like a palpitation thing. It switched on the, what I call existen existential crisis, which is that we're all obviously going to die. And it's weird because sometimes, you know, I was laying in the bath like three, four, five nights ago, and I'd had a day where I hadn't had a single, even microgram of a symptom of this health thing that I've been dealing with which is this kind of weird kind of food allergy thing. And I figured out that it's to do with my guts and I maybe I had a parasite and we didn't, we've done an anti-parasite cleanse and I've done loads of things to, to heal my gut in particular that was affecting my brain. It was giving me brain fog. And, and I'd gone, I think by this point, five days ago in the bath, I'd gone maybe like pretty much an entire day with just nothing, no symptoms at all. And yet I'm lying there. And because there's nothing left that the mind's going, oh, business is good. No, no, health is good. And relationships, oh, that's really, really good. That's real. Surfing's real solid. You know, I live by the sea. Whoa, there's so much grateful. Oh, what's next? Oh, bang, there, there you go. Because the mind will wander. It's like a aimlessly wandering around, like a, like a pissed up monkey, wasted on cider. It's just like walking around in the dark, looking for a little alleyway to go down. And it will find it. The thing is, is that then, we, then we sort of go, well, can we then uh, therefore ever be free from worry and problems? Well, of course, it's when we don't then try to get rid of them. The, the point is, is it's, the, it's like we talk about so often on this show, mindfulness is just simply increasing your awareness that there is only now. And that's it. You have nothing else to do. The now will heal whatever it needs to heal. It, it, it's nothing else you need to do after that. And here's a spoiler, is that like the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, perfection actually doesn't exist. Not a thing. It's something that's created and it's different things to different people. Mindfulness, and even in this practice of uh, don't tune off now, guys and girls, you know, but we're using this to deal with different things that are thrown at us in life. We're using it to in improve our gratitude for what's going on in the world and what we have rather than what we don't have. But there'll never be a sort of, it's never a finale, really. There's no, there is no pot of gold. We're not finding perfection. We're finding and appreciating what is here and now and good enough. And being aware of those thoughts that try and snatch you out of that happy medium, that, that good enough place. Really uh, cool. Do you ever find your mind wandering? All in, the into that realm. time. Mm. And you're right on that. You know, it will find, once you've sorted another problem out, it'll find something else. So like the pot of gold, it's always beyond your reach mm. if you are not aware of it. And 
possibly why when you talk to people in situations that are a bit like surfing, particularly challenging conditions, that take you only into the here and now, so of pure survival. So once you're into sort of other uh, segments of the hierarchy of needs, your mind starts wandering around because once you're confident that you're not going to be <laughs> killed immediately by the lion, let's say that, your mind starts looking for other things to worry about as a human. It doesn't forget that fear, does it? We, we hang on to it, unlike animals. We, so we sort of hang on to that anxiety and we project forward that fear to another situation that hasn't happened yet. And so it's constant battle that between real danger and perceived danger. Mm. And so when you're in real danger, let's call it challenging surf, uh, or you can just surf in general. Or just surf in general. Because just going in the sea is yeah. always, you always got to be on high alert. High in the alert. Sea. Yeah, yeah. So that takes you out of that worry because you're only thinking about your immediate mm. surroundings. Probably people in other situations when it's, you kind of zero in and it's only about their there and now, whether you're riding a horse at high speed or you're driving a car around a racetrack or even these guys probably go to war. There are times when they, they're so in the moment that they're not worried about anything else. And so. Yeah, it's 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 the, it's sometimes in the kind of quiet times when you don't have anything to worry about that the mind finds something to pick on. And I do it when I'm in the sea. Yeah, because in surfing, particularly in sort of breaks where it's like a reef break or point where it's like a very specific takeoff, or even when beach breaks when it gets calm and there's sort of long pauses between sets, there's time, time to ponder, time to wonder. And it's really funny some of the times in my life where I've overthought a or an issue probably more than anywhere, sometimes it's actually in the sea. Really? Yeah. And the reason why is sat there waiting, waiting, waiting. Now, this is not where we live. Now, we have just generally onshore windswell. So we're just constantly going, going. That's one of the big blessings of what we have. <laughs> Although, yes, it's it's crazy onshore and messy. Most people look at it and go, yikes. We, part of why we love it is because it's that flow. You just go, go, go. You just got to start. You're working hard. Working. Your mind is just like, <laughs> you're just feeling the burn because you're just paddling so much. On North Coast ways, in this part of the world where we live in England, the North Coast gets more groundswell and there's long waits between sets. And yeah, I've overthought loads of stuff out in the lineup. And then since becoming much more aware and being much more religious about my meditation practice because of how active my mind is, it's now those times where things get really just chill between a set, waiting, waiting. It's a great opportunity to, I do this thing where I sort of go off my board put my arms out in front on my, on my board. I think you've seen me maybe do this. And I sometimes lay my head on, on the board itself, but I practice a, a lovely mindfulness exercise, which is to um, body scan, but you just bring all of your awareness to the, to the floppiness of, because in water you're being held up and your board holds you up. You're weightless. So you can do this almost pure weightlessness and you just observe it. Very, very centering, very calming. Really good for in between waves, by the way, mm. too. It's great for recovery. It gets your mind back in the moment and you. And stretches the back out? Stretches the back out. What's not See, to I, like? I, I, I am fortunate and grateful in that respect that the, the ocean definitely switches off my. I still don't have those on land thoughts. You know, they, I'm human, so they creep in, but it really is a. It's like white noise for me in the, in the sea. It's fantastic. I just don't. And that's why I. That's so unique. So dude. addicted to it mm. because that's the kind of pull. Soon as I mean, whether it's swimming, mm. body surfing, um, surfing, whatever it is, even it, stand up, even <laughs> less so stand. Well, but I have to be immersed. I think it's the immersion. So when you get off your board and you do just mm. allow the um, you know that weightlessness there, mm. especially when you're in a sort of wetsuit, so you kind of have that zero, mm -hmm. um, that neutral buoyancy almost. You know, you just sort of totally, totally float on the surface. It is a wonderful thing. Such a good thing. One thing I would point out from having observed us in the lineup is I've noticed your mind activity increase a bit on North Coast compared to where we are here. Only dependent on the conditions, but also there have been times where we've waited for sets. And let's say you're not getting lots of waves and you, let's say you've gone more than 10 minutes or even 20 minutes without even a wave. Now, that's where I have noticed your mind get more active, not necessarily on the problems of life, although you might tell obviously differently because I've not been inside your fucking head. Well, well done <laughs> if you have. <laughs> Telepathy, but only as a guess on the fact that you're not getting waves, that the yeah. mind activity comes up. And, and by the way, this is, again, one of the, another one of the huge blessings of where we live because you can just paddle wherever you want. We've got lots of space. Waves are constant because there's only short period. That, this is a real thing, dude. This is like a whole study into the wave period in the mind because the longer, longer, longer the period, well, the longer the wait. But didn't you you say you found that occasionally on the North Coast? Uh, definitely, if you're not getting waves or you're... It's twofold. One is a sort of... Uh, it's about expectation of how many waves you're going to get, especially as you get fitter. And you think, I can catch 20, 30 waves a session. I, I, and you don't do it. Suddenly, you've created your own problem. Cracking, cracking insight. You've set the expectation. The other thing, of course, is the 
I'm not going to say curse, but there's a slight blight of improvement that comes that your, again, your expectation of your own performance increases. So what you used to get just thrilled with, you don't anymore. It's like life, isn't it? You know, and, and so it's trying to keep that surf school happy during advancements in surfing and being grateful for just having that wave energy. And I suppose that comes a little bit. That's been the, the story of some North Coast sessions because you expect that you're going to do different things and better things and you don't then you'd feel a bit sort of disappointed. But it's quite easy to pull back from that, I think. Mm. That's, that, it's not a sort of, it's, it's not something that is a huge part of it. But when my mind has wandered, it has gone to that place of, it's the expectation of the surf. It's nothing to do with what's going back on, on, on land. And we discussed this after a couple of sessions that I noticed that you would go through more of a roller coaster. Yeah. Of, of real high, 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 high buzzing so so hard that i think that what i started to notice was that where was the resilience when it started to not go well and in sports performance um it's all about trying to come back to the center and you discussed this yourself it's becoming impervious to both criticism uh, and praise and being much more just centered in the middle because what i noticed was it really had an effect on your performance because you were much more in mind if you weren't getting waves you you got seemed to me it might be completely admired it but just seemed to me like the body was being affected on an energy front because the mind has this effect on the body if it starts to really take over mm. it's it's almost like um a bit less stoke a bit less energy because of the lack of weight yeah, and then of the course. mind it mind mind is wandering then and what the what so much of the wandering is i've that i and i've done this is i'm like good enough to be doing this because if you're not getting waves in any session if anyone's listening to this you're never in a moment where you're not getting waves and you might go quite a few minutes sometimes mm. without a single decent mm. wave and by the way even if you do get away you might fall off yeah and it's how can you then just notice that you're you're going that way firstly number one notice and then two how can you not force yourself out of it and that's the real real key here but like a jedi just notice the view notice your breathing you that we're going to talk about in a moment with, yeah. with jacob but it's, it's it's actually been one of my biggest work-ons and and dare i say it's sort of improved my surfing sort of exponentially but i you know if i go back six months you you're absolutely right there was times when especially in more challenging conditions you kind of really beat yourself up for some of the uh not wipeouts because you sort of too it's not the wipeout it's more about the the kind of not catching the wave not quite doing what you want to do on the wave not thinking that you've dialed in those improvements and now kind of that sort of philosophy that i mentioned way way back about being impervious to that criticism but also impervious to the praise. Taking that in has really balanced out my surfing. It's, it's, it's made a huge difference, actually. So I love the great waves that I get. And you can hear me hooting and, and occasionally, but I'm not as kind occasionally. of... Occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not riding... Fucking the, every uh, single wave. I'm not riding the <laughs> emotional ups and downs of being upset that if it doesn't go right. And actually that has enabled me to make more mistakes. And if I'm sort of, if anybody else is listening out there who's on an improvement, either you're coming back to surfing or you're starting out or you're kind of, you're trying to make improvements, whatever level you're at, is not kind of getting caught up in the highs and lows of surfing. And uh, that was the, that was one of my biggest work ons, I would say. Still, still will be. Oh yeah, it's a journey. Yeah, yeah there's there's no destination. Um, by the way, you do holler and who? Yeah, every wave. Yeah, every single wave. Now I don't know. Now listen, I think Liam might be on for the world record of most hoots in a session. Now I thought I hooted and just hollered. from the audience. You mean? J- j- well, oh, maybe. Just that's, I thought the, that was a spectators from the audience on the, on, the, on the beach on the clock tower at Nazareth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nah, yeah, nice, yeah. nice. But yeah, you might be on for a record. You, you, but it's great. On a serious note, it's great. It's fucking awesome. It's what the surfing world needs more and more and more. It's just people stoked. And we're going to talk to a stoked guy right now. Yeah, Jacob of Prone to Ride fame. He's doing this documentary, 30 Waves in 90 Days. So um, over to Jacob. Where to start? Kind of because your content, as, as we said, is is quite a, pretty inspiring to us as well. I see you'd even sort of had a, a light by the, somebody who amuses us greatly as well, John Wayne Freeman. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's kind of all of that sort of combined. Tell us about your sort of local break, Jacob, though, as well, and kind of where you surf and what got you into it, really. What sort of kick-started the passion? So I, I started surfing in 2014 when I moved down to Long Beach, California for graduate school. But before that, I had tried out in five different sports and failed in all of them. But surfing was really something that I wanted to try. Like I used to watch videos at Islands Burgers, which is a chain restaurant here in California. It's very Hawaiian based. Um, and they always had surfing videos on it on at the restaurant. And I was like, I really want to try that. So when I moved down here, 
I was able to meet a good friend of mine who helped me buy a $100 uh, foam board that was like sandpaper nice. on my chest. Nice. <laughs> um, and and uh, he basically taught me how to surf for three months straight. For 90 straight days, every day we went out um, when it was good, when it was bad, at night, in the morning, in the big stuff, in the small stuff. So my second day of surfing ever was a historic day for surf in California, which obviously there's been many more historic days since then. But um, yeah, I, I, I went out on that eight foot foam board in like six to eight foot surf and it was just barreling, pumping. I got smashed multiple times, but I really en enjoyed it. It kind of helped me have a start a conversation with myself, uh, with my soul. And it kind of brought to bear a couple of issues or scars that needed to be corrected and fixed. And I needed to allow myself to heal. But where I normally surf is Huntington Beach, which is known as a very intense place to surf because there's a lot of current, there's a lot of wind. And if the surf gets too heavy, it maxes out right? There's a lot of walls. There's not much face. But I kind of like those days because those are the moments where you get to have a deeper con conversation with who you are, right? Each wave represents a question being asked of you. Like, do you want to go up over it, through it, or do you want to turn around and catch it? Like, I think that's a metaphor for life. So yeah, I love that. I enjoy it. Yeah. And is that because, you know, the show we, we're doing is all about that sort of mind, body, stoke, as we, as we call it. <laughs> And we often sort of find ourselves doing exactly that, talking about surfing. And then you think, well, actually, you could just remove the word surf for the other four-letter word that is life. And I think non-surfers sometimes get a bit annoyed with us and are kind of intertwining those two things and sort of bringing them together. But absolutely, have you found that, you know, because you said you'd tried all of those other sports, like, well, for me personally as well, surf is the one thing that you just go, hallelujah, yeah, this is the thing that gives you those lessons, but it challenges you. and helps teach you to push yourself outside comfort zones. I mean, are all those cliches true for you in that sort of sense as well? Uh, yeah, I I've grew up basically pushing my limits and really discovering what I'm capable of. But I think surfing is, is a completely different context and where nature is conversing with you, right? So your, your emotions, your attitude, and you guys have spoken about this in your other episodes because I've listened to them all. I've, I've probably double or triple re-listen to a couple of them. I really listen intently because I'm also trying to discover more mindfulness myself. You know, the process that I've gone through in the last couple of months have been really intense on a mental, emotional, and physical level where I've had to learn a lot about myself and I've also had to go through a few trials. I'm sorry, I lost track of where I was going with that. Sorry about that. No, that's um, sorry, man. That's, uh, it's because you're riding this flu wave, dude. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, could you repeat the question again? I apologize. I think That's fine, we were talking about that sort of way that surf gives you the, it's like all of the cliches of metaphors for life, but actually they're, they're true because they, it challenges you. Yes. It's a, so have you found that you kind of, it has helped in, you know, what we would call that what is, wherever is the real world, you know, as we said in the episodes, is the real world in the sea or is it on the land? I think it's both. Yeah. I think it exists in both planes. Like I use it as a release and also to push myself at the same time. I think surfing really does provide that balance and allows you to find out more about yourself. And the ocean is a scary concept. A lot of people are afraid of the ocean. Everybody that I meet is like, I want to go surfing with you, but I hate the ocean. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I don't know how we're going to do this then because you're going to have to get over that fear. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're like, I don't know how you do it. I'm like, well, you're, you're watching me. You watch my content. So obviously, but I, I want to help people get out there. But that concept of the unknown, people fear what they do not understand and they fear the unknown. And uh, that kind of relates to a little bit of my, my life and my life with disability. Frankly, like I've shown that it's okay to live with a difference. It's okay to be different and to still live stoked and happy and grateful and fulfilled. But you guys have also said this before as well. Like you can't be happy all of the time because are happy all of the time. You set this expectation of being happy. People are like, what? You're not happy? What is wrong with you? Like, and yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Like, I really connected with that. So, um, because I know that recently I have, I've not always been happy, but yeah. uh, I do my best to be in that positive, stoked mindset. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, hope you're enjoying the show. If you connect with what we do here at the Mindful Surfer, why not share it with your friends? Or 
go on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Because the more ratings we have, the more likely it is Liam and I can come back week after week and keep building this community of mindful surfers. Now, let's get back to the show. I think that's why I liked a lot of the stuff that you were putting out, because like we talk about, it's saying, look, this is what we have an ambition to be. We try and live our best lives and, and be the best versions of ourselves and all of that stuff. But equally, it's the permission to say that we're human. So, you know, we still fall into the ego trap or the getting pissed off trap or the being miserable for whatever reason. But the ocean and the here's the sort of connector with it sometimes gives you a kind of kick up the ass to get on and enjoy the beautiful gift that that presents to us so yeah that's what i loved about seeing your stuff as well and kind of why we thought there was some synergy there yeah i I really enjoyed it so um i would like to share with you a quick story that i actually applied some of your your tools during my my last session so i went to go uh, i'm doing a 30 ways in 90 days challenge and uh, creating a documentary off of that answering the question of is life accessible now accessibility is a very universal term there's a lot of different ways and a lot of different interpretations that people have with that word. And that's exactly the kind of conversation that I'm trying to create and have with others. But I went surfing in Malibu and it was um, Friday before a storm hit. And you could tell that the ocean was changing. You can see that there was energy in it and it was gnarly. Like it was choppy and the tide was pushing in and the waves were pretty much breaking really close on shore. Um, the first place I went to was County Line, Malibu. And it was a challenge to catch waves there. But I did catch two. That's all I needed. And I was like, I got to get out because I got to go to the next one. The next one we went to was Zuma. Now, Zuma Beach is known for really, really gnarly shore. I mean, really gnarly shore break. And I hate shore break because I'm going head first (laughs) down a wave. And so it's like, "Ah." so I got there and I understood immediately why people don't necessarily surf there. Because an adaptive surfer, Jesse Blauer, was a professional surfer that I believe that, that, don't quote me on that, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure that that's where it was. I immediately understood why that happened. I was like, wow. Because there were like four, there were like four to five foot waves breaking right on shore. And I'm like, oh. And I got out there. I got about halfway shin deep into the water and it was pulling me so hard that I fell down. And I was getting dragged and pushed and pulled by the ocean made it to the outside, what the outside is for a shore break. And I saw, the, I saw these waves and I was really anxious. I mean, I was super anxious and I was really sketched out and I was shaking. And then I started to remember like your guys' tips. What, what's the problems here? What are, we, what are we trying to focus on? Let's breathe a little bit. Breathe, breathe. <laughs> Oh my God, there's a wave. Okay, breathe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it really helped. And I did catch a wave there. I did catch one wave because of that breathing exercise and that that ability to center myself. But I will say that once I got that wave, I was done. I was like, there's, there's no, I don't need to prove anything to anybody else. I'm good to go. Goodbye. You know, like, (laughs) yeah. Honestly, Jesse, I'm so pleased that you did that. I think it's um, like, truthfully in this moment, the gratitude I have not only for your beautiful, eloquent, description of stories and uh, insight but just the fact that you, you did what we talk about I'm so stoked that that happened and and, and that it worked you know it didn't yeah. backfire <laughs> well that's one person Jacob that's doing it so uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what tell us about the documentary though because I, I that that was one of my sort of final that I had on my sheet of paper but now we're into it is kind of what's the you know objective and where you're at with it and I know you've got this interruption to it now how is it going and um, when we'll be able to sort of find it yeah, so I'm currently on beach 24 out of the 30 beaches that are needing to be caught. So we're on schedule right now, but with this illness that I'm getting over and recovering from, it's kind of thrown a little bit of a wrench in my plans. But it's a 30 waves in 90 days challenge. But I'm also using that as a backdrop to answer the question is life accessible? I really believe that access is a universal term that affects every single human on the planet regardless of your place in life, your socioeconomic status, whether you're blue, green, orange, yellow, black, white, doesn't matter like where you come from, eventually access will affect you at some point in time. A lot of people view access as just getting from point A to point B, but what I'm talking about is a much bigger overarching term like education, getting jobs, doing things like that. So it came from situations that I dealt with as a child, a lot of discrimination, a lot of abuse. I am a, a, a survivor of abuse. I was 
beaten as a child. I was bullied a lot. And I used all of these experiences, even though they're very traumatic and they have given lots of scars that I needed to heal. It also allowed me to be the person that I am today. I'm using this documentary to really create that conversation. And I'm using surfing as a bridge to connect both worlds of able-bodied and disabled. And we're creating this conversation of like, what does accessibility mean to you? I put it out there on social media and the response was incredible. Yeah. And people had their own ideas of what accessibility really meant. And that's exactly what I want. You know, like I, <laughs> yeah. everybody has their own ideas. That's yeah. really powerful. It's very, very powerful. So we're doing really well as far as time frame is concerned. And we'll, we'll hopefully have the documentary finished by spring of next year. So we're pushing forward. We're moving fast. We have a lot of traction right now. There's a possibility that um, some major brands will will get involved with helping promote. And that's literally just me reaching out uh, and, and doing the hard work. Again, uh, I have to say that your techniques, your tools that you teach has really helped center myself in this last week because I've, I've wanted to do that work and push and keep going, but I've just not been able to. So you have to be kind to yourself, right? You have to be yes. very kind to yourself. And that's something that I'm learning right now because I've not been kind to myself because I'm an aspiring person that's doing something that's really crazy. I'm trying to be create a brand and build my own company. I'm doing it with a condition that doesn't necessarily mean I'm accepted by one area of society and not accepted by another. So I'm walking this fine line, this gray line, and people are like, well, like you're accepted by neither. So where do you go? Well, you just kind of have to create your own path at that point because not many people will be able to answer your questions. So you have to just do it for yourself and find out. Yeah, that's, that's so inspiring, dude. Love and, that, man. And, and again, I think anybody with a growth mindset is often prone to giving themselves a hard time. And it almost links to that surf thing we talk about having this perfection fetish of what, as well of trying to be something that may not even exist. So just kind of as Will often talks about giving that it's good enough and if the enjoyment's there, you've just got to sort of squeeze every last bit of stoke out of whatever comes along. But it's easier said than done sometimes for someone who mm. is ambitious and has a growth kind of centered mind like, like yourself. I mean, I, I mean, I know for me, uh, Jesse, that like Jacob, so Jacob, sorry, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, do you know what's really funny? Liam just put you down there, man. To know, to, to, to know what's funny is as soon as I said it, it to me all the time, I'm dead to leave all the time. We're thinking of Jesse Bauer, the, the guy who had the incident. Jacob, I'm so sorry. Bear with me. My brain is really slow. Um, He's even got his glasses I, on. Actually, well. here's, here's a moment. Here's a moment, by the way, to not be hard on myself, get someone's name wrong. What I was going on to say was, for me, I know I can be really hard on myself. So it's actually, it's really encouraging to hear someone be honest uh, on our podcast. And so it's a real blessing to have that because the world needs to hear that. Whether you're a surfer or not a surfer, it doesn't matter. We all have emotions. And I think it's really important that we're honest about them and creating that conversation is very powerful. And I love, I love the way you, you describe that on that front, Jacob, in terms of surfing specifically, is there anything that you ever find yourself being hard on about it, about your surfing performance? Is it, is that, has that been oh, a work yeah. on for you? Yeah. Every wave I want to catch, I need to be like improving in some kind of facet. Like I watch all of my, my film this 30 waves and 90 days challenge and i'm like watching it I'm like oh i should have done that what the hell am i doing there you know and it's easy right like it's easy mm. to to beat yourself up about that but what i'm focusing on now more is like i've increased my ability to catch waves in each session when i first started i was averaging like two to four waves per session when i started in september i'm averaging around seven to nine Wow. Um, yeah. But that comes from also one of my oldest mentors and trainers who's known me since I was 12 years old. He's really seen how far I've come. And he came out to watch me surf for the first time ever, um, like a few weeks ago. And he was like, so let's talk about your doggy paddle. You missed like 10 waves out there in that session. And I'm like, who the fuck are you, man? Like, you know, <laughs> and, yeah, so he's like, he was also a, a surfer as well, but he's had um, a few injuries that don't allow him to really get out in the water anymore. So, um, but he understands biomechanics very well. So he basically called me out and he knew how to stoke my fire. 
<laughs> and every time I catch a wave now, I'm hearing like, you know, failing her, you This is like Liam and I. Yeah. I'm yeah. always barking at Liam. Poor guy. <laughs> He puts up with my uh, shit all, all session long. I, I don't know. know why he does it. To be quite honest, I don't know why he's doing this with me. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he puts up with me. Yeah. I have to say, I saw a clip of you. You paddled and beat these guys to the wave. And then somebody was coming. I think it was on one of the competitions. You're going right. And somebody's coming left. And those fins as he went over the top were pretty close to your head, dude. I was sort of... Oh, yeah. My mouth. <laughs> yeah i don't you, my balls were in my throat yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i i did not do that on purpose i was trying to catch a wave and um that was a new board that i had just got so i was so grateful that my tail slid out yeah and that guy was able to go up over me and there was a couple of surfers out there that came up to me afterwards and like dude i saw that that was so close yeah i'm like yeah you thought it was close i felt it you know, like, <laughs> uh yeah it was scary but that does happen to me quite often i do get dropped in on it's scary because people don't necessarily look down they look just behind and it's like i'm underneath you i'm underneath yeah. you yeah. <laughs> How is that? Because obviously you talk about accessibility and acceptance, Jacob, as well. What do you find in the lineup? Is it Huntington Beach? I mean, it looks like a pretty, like say, full-on, very image-conscious surf place as well. Have you been embraced by the local surf community there? I mean, how are you, how are you finding the negotiating those lineups? Uh, yes and no. It depends on where you go. If you go to the pier, yeah, good luck. I mean, it's, it's a lot of people. You're probably looking at around, uh, especially with covid now there's more surfers in the lineup mm, yeah. and i'm also being very conscious of social distancing so mm. uh especially with the sickness now so yeah. um but you know you got 20 or 30 surfers in about uh 30 to 40 yard range so it's pretty packed and if you're going to catch a wave you better catch it and you better like stamp your mark on that wave to let people know that you know you're you're talented enough to be out here most surfers don't necessarily see that I have a disability. So sometimes I can get chewed out. I've been threatened before. I've had uh, people scream at me in the lineup and things of that nature. And uh, I try not to drop in on people. It's happened every once in a while. I'm sure you guys can understand that. But I'm usually a very etiquette type of person. I'll back off if I see somebody else has the wave. Um, but there are other times where I'm like, yeah, this is a really nice wave. I'm going to take it. You know, like, <laughs> uh, but that's, yeah. that's very rare. But uh, yeah. I love your honesty. Delivery. It's the other yeah. human condition, isn't it? And, and I think that's why, yeah, being authentic and honest is, is, is the best case rather than it just being this, this sort of image conscious image led Instagramification of surfing or projects that people are doing to where that kind of honesty is, is, is refreshing. So we're going to see the sort of finished project of, you know, essentially is life accessible in, and you're finding so far, uh, is it? Uh, well, I always had a, an opinion of my own, but yeah. I would say that it's a, it's a mixed bag. I would say no, but you also have to create your own access. It's on you to create mm. your own access. If you understand resources, if you do your time, if you put in the time, the research and the effort, then you can create your access, whatever that looks like for you. I'm not saying it's going to be easy and I'm not saying it's going to be perfect. There's going to be a lot of bumps and bruises along the way. You probably will be very upset, very pissed uh, at some points in time. But, you know, I I've proven that you can create your own access. So I try to showcase that in the film as well, because I was supposed to be stacking clothes in the back of a Gap warehouse store for most of my life. Like that was where my, my potential for social like acceptance was supposed to be. So uh, like that's what society was willing to give me was, oh, we're just going to let you fold clothes and stack them in the back of a warehouse. But for my parents and for myself, that was never good enough. So we always kept pushing the envelope and there's a lot more behind this and I'll share it more in, in the film. But, um, you know, I went through surgeries as a kid and, and really traumatic experiences that really taught me that you can have help along the way, but at the end of the day, the buck stops with yourself. Like you have nobody else to blame or nobody else that's going to hold you accountable like yourself. So that gives you a lot of power. So you have to balance it again. You have to center yourself as well because when you're not making the progress that you think you should be making, that becomes a very difficult push and pull that you have to manage. So I do believe that life is not accessible, but 
you can create it if you work at it. Nice. Wow. I mean, that, what, a, what a lovely I mean, final message. That, that's one of the greatest things I've, I mean, coming from you as well, Jacob, that's a really, really great way to sort of wrap things up because you're right. It's not sitting around. We talked about it a lot in the show as well and waiting for somebody to give you a tap on the shoulder and tell you it's okay or tell you it's your, your turn. And mm-hmm. to be the living example of that, you know, pro surfer, filmmaker, and uh, <laughs> maybe do the sequel over here where it's freezing cold and we'll see if we can... Uh, <laughs> yeah. We'll let you drop in once, yeah. Jacob, but not twice, <laughs> okay? We'll give you one, we'll give you one. Don't listen, <laughs> don't listen to the king of drop-ins here. Hey, he's uh, hey, yeah. he's yeah. just as bad, trust me. I'll wave by you as I drop in on you. Yeah, yeah. Right. okay, all right. <laughs> well, sorry it's been short and sweet tonight. We'd love to sort of have another conversation as well and, um, you know, any way that we can support. So we're going to direct listeners to, it's prone to ride. Okay. Yeah. Where can everybody find you, Jacob? Um, so I have an Instagram called prone to ride, P-R-O-N-E-T-O-R-I-D-E. And then I also have a YouTube channel off of that as well. And I have a website, prone to ride.com. I'm also going to be giving a TED talk in February or March that talks about accessibility and those things of, of that nature. So a lot of good things are happening right now, but if you really want to connect and you want to stay connected, prone to ride on Instagram. And I'm also posting new content on TikTok, which is really fun as well. Jacob Pacheco, J-A-C-O-B-P-A-C-H-E-C-O-E-C-O-P-T-R on TikTok. Well, we'll look out for that. Nice fun. And um, we'll get well soon, dude. I hope you're you. uh, feel it, feeling fit. And hopefully this is the start of a few conversations, but we'd love to come and ride with you at some point, especially over Always, there. Always, man. On that sort of uh, yeah, West Coast. That'd love be awesome. to come and hang out with you. It'd be so cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'll have to bring, uh, you'll have to bring your families out too because the sun and the waves are pretty awesome, man. Yeah. No, we'll be leaving them behind, I think. Uh, to be, uh, yeah, this is definitely... So we can get as many waves as possible. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, your accents will work really well over here. For some reason, the, the ladies love the accents. I don't understand it, but it is what it is, man. <laughs> well, we're, 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 yeah. we're, we're well and truly spoken for, but we'll, we'll, we'll definitely look forward to surfing with you soon. Thanks so Liam, much. Liam, you're a good man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, dude. It's been a pleasure. Been a real pleasure. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Cheers, it. Jacob. Thanks, Thanks man. Bye, dude. See you. Cool guy. I mean, almost no words, really. For the chats we've had, both on social, but also the, the interview we did, just in terms of uh, approach to life. And the big one, this, I said I'd sort of get straight to this, but this idea that we've talked about a lot, it comes, it's articulated very well by one of our, let's call him heroes of the show. He's not a surfer, that, as far as I'm aware, Seth Godin. He talks often about, don't sit around and wait for your turn. Don't wait for that tap on the shoulder uh, because it's never the right time. It's never your turn. Society, the world's not going to come and say, hey, how about it's, your, it's fair now. It's your time to give this a go. And Jacob mentioned that with regard to the question he's asking in his documentary, you know, is life accessible? Well, no, but particularly for Jacob, it hasn't been accessible and all of the shit he's had to go through really to, to, to kind of see that for himself, very real, very raw experience of life in that way. But his determination to come at it from this angle of you make your own access. There's no door for you there to go through unless you make the hole in the wall and go through it yourself. I just can't say how powerful that was for me to hear that from someone like Jacob, who, when you sit in the seats that Will and I sit in, you know, for all the challenges we've faced, life so far is pretty easy. And you've got to admit, admit that, you know, there's been ups and downs, there's been highs and lows. It's all contextual to where you are and who you are as a human and what you experience. But Jacob's really had some times that he could have worn very heavily and had this sort of woe is me kind of vibe of not being able to find the right things. But he's gone out there, taken life pretty much by the scruff of the neck, and he's doing it. And and absolutely fantastic that he's found surfing to express himself through as well. I mean, total package. True, true mindful surfer. Absolute legend. For me, it's his sense of humour. And that's, I think, the ultimate spiritual sophistication. When he just said the bit about the balls being in his throat and I just like that's quality. But you can then sense in him there's depth too. It's the sort of in humans I've really responded to and, and, and felt inspired by and warmed to, etc. There seems to be this balance between being able to have have depth in what they're saying, say something with sincerity, basically. Because in a way, sincerity is depth and depth is sincerity. When you drop away a shield, you're revealing the deepest part of who you are. So that's why we call it depth. And sincerity is 
oh, wow, we can hear it in that person's voice. They're being sincere. And it might be that, here's what's really interesting with sincerity. It might be that you're being enthusiastic, not just vulnerable, right? But actually the positive and showing yourself to be truly buzzing and positive about something is an act of vulnerability. Because in a way, it's much cooler, isn't it? To be like, oh, where's your shit? And, oh, 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 and it's on shoulder. But if you're like, woo, fucking. And if that's sincere, it's coming through. Like, it's like, whoa, it's an act of vulnerability because you're now showing the world who you really are. And it's balancing that with the light. And the light is the kind of not taking yourself too seriously. And I just felt like he nailed that. That's exactly it. I think sense of humor, which is why we did the show as well, is about mindful surfer is not about heavy woe is me, uh, as one guy said, tree hugging and scented candles. Although there is nothing wrong with well, hugging a tree. I'm, or, I'm not, by the way, I love a scented candle. I mean, I'm less bothered about a scented candle, but I like to put my do, hand on do, the do, bar you gotta sometimes. Get, you gotta get into, into yeah, you like say wearing that with a light touch and a smile on your face. Just because you're into deep things or spirituality doesn't mean that you can't have a laugh. The two are not mutually exclusive. They actually, like you say, if you're being authentic, they go hand in hand. And Jacob does that very, very well. And perhaps I get into trouble for the dare I say, and, and hello to all of our American listeners. This is what I love about uh, the authenticity of American voices sometimes as well, is that unlike us cynical Brits, where we have a shield about admitting our depth or our spirituality. So we do humor very well, but sometimes it's to gut, it's to provide a shield against something. Whereas Americans, and, and sometimes as Brits, we criticize them for it, but I actually love them for it, right? I'm putting it out there to all of our Americans. I love you guys for this, is that they have this authenticity sometimes about them that wears both of those things really, really well. And so the hooting and hollering, if you like, this, this cheering, which we were just talking about beforehand, if it's authentic, mm. do it. Whereas as Brits, we don't do it because we're worried about what other people think about us. And as soon as you drop that, the, 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 the one thing that is holding every single human back as they age is worrying about what the rest of the tribe thinks about them. So fucking true. And it relates to taking your turn. Because like in the surf, well, th there's no ref. He's not going to bow the whistle when it's your turn. You've got to take it. You've got to be selfish. Now, obviously, surfers are renowned for being selfish humans. We, you know, you, it's a solo pursuit. You've got to take that time and you've got to carve it out and you've got to do what you've got to do to, to really take. So that's the first thing. I think surfers are quite adept at that. The next bit of take your turn is actually when you're in the ocean. If you find yourself in a lineup, competitive surfers, good surfers, they're, you know, it can be intimidating. And we all have this. And, I'm, and I know for sure that Jacob would have had this with having a handicap. And I think he even discussed this on the show. That, you know, it's this thing where you have to just go. No one's going to tell you and ask you, oh, do you want to go now or, or, or give you that encouragement? You just got to go. You got to just decide you, to go for yourself. And I think, where does that come from? Where, where does the bravery to just go come from? Well, I think in the end, this is for me, comes back to awareness because it's being aware of more cowardly thoughts, of thoughts of wanting to hide. So once you're aware of those, you can spot that they're coming from your past and the things that have happened to you in your life. And they've been there to try and protect you and help you and save you. Except you know deep, deep down, way beyond those thoughts, that there's a knowing. And the knowing is way more powerful than the thoughts. And the knowing is shit's going to work. And it's going to work out well if you just fucking go. Just go. And how many people, I mean, please write in and tell us or get in contact through Instagram or how many of us, mindful surfers or people in life generally, have held back because of that external pressure and suppressed actually that real voice right from the depth of your true soul, if you like. And being worried to say the wrong thing to the wrong people at the wrong time. Instead of just coming out the world with a authenticity and a love and an honesty that allows you to say things with no, no malice or no hard feelings. But you're sort of suppressed because it is about, well, I might be judged for liking this thing or I might be judged for not doing that. Or, you know, I have to like this particular sport or I can't like that thing, you know, because as we've often talked about, because of the labels that society puts on you, not you as a sort of spirit, spirited soul put on, on yourself necessarily. And then the ego kind of starts to like some of those things, but they also then hold you back from doing authentic stuff. Mm. Like I say, it's, you know, why shouldn't the chief exec of a corporate bank also be into rollerblading if he wants to or she wants to? Who cares? It's this weird thing where we we stifle the creativity in, in each other through this world in we live in. I, I still haven't quite worked out why. Mm. It is perplexing. I think it's I think in some ways it's 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 
humans would who would do that would be doing it for a reason that they're not even aware of. Because if they were aware of it, they wouldn't be doing it. Mm. Because deep down, we all just want to get along and love each other. Yeah. And that's that's not woo-woo tree-hugging. That's just fucking yeah. truth. Exactly. And <laughs> if you pretty- go beyond it, I do this thing all the time in the surf, which is, you know, when my ego is getting in the way of me, my thoughts are getting in the way of who I really am, and I'm getting pissy with certain surfers and situations and crowds and, you know, someone's sort of snaking and getting in the way and beginners, like, sort of, as I'm taking off, someone's right there underneath me or whatever, is I have to do this thing, which is just, it's just one line, and it's just, we all have the same goal. We all surfers we all have the same goal and do not self-fucking entitle yourself to more ways and better ways because you think you are a better surfer and you you know you can do things on a way that that is is the is the most ultimate nonsense now there is a a factor of safety we talked about you know if you're more more advanced surfer that you know you can negotiate yourself in that lineup a bit differently and that's and that's cool that's accepted but ultimately, if you go beneath that that bit that we all have of mind, we all want to get along and we all want to love each other. Yeah, and we all want the best for each other. Hopefully want the best for each other. Certainly as mindful surfers, we do. That's the that's the challenge. That's what we're working towards. But I think going back to that thing about the label, that's it, that labels, or oh, I'm a better surfer, or I'm this mm. person should only do that. When Jacob said that he was almost had this life put on him that he would be doing a certain thing, job, in a certain way, and that some stuff wouldn't be accessible to him. Why? Why is society putting that on this guy or whoever that guy or girl might be is let them find their own true voice or pursuit or passion or whatever it is they want to do. And and the fact that he's gone out and created that access to surfing and has to navigate difficult lineups. And in those difficult lineups are difficult people who don't care about his disability and rightly or wrongly don't give it. And, you know, he doesn't want priority over over these guys anyway. But that challenge that presents itself and to keep going at it. So, you know, he's doing all of those things that we all have to navigate as surfers with just an extra little bit of challenge in, thrown in. And um, I, I take completely take my hat off to him. It's an amazing, it's an amazing guy. And, and, and we'll be talking to him actually throughout the whole process of this Mindful Surfer project, won't we? Because just, just, we want to keep the conversation rolling with Jacob. Just, just an absolute legend. Got to have him back on. Uh, guys. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Always a pleasure. Hope and Liam's can... hair is getting even longer. <laughs> it's getting. It, there was a photo of you from the side. I was going, mate. It's, it's the sideshow Bob vibe. It's sort of starting to poof. Vibe. It's kind of come away from Hitler a little bit. <laughs> he mentioned this in Sli- the episode and by the way, before feel, last. Feel free to rip this out of me. I, I'm I'm donning a little bit of an Aaron Carter. Do you remember Aaron Carter? Never heard of him. Backstreet Boys. It's sort of curtains. Oh, curtains. Um. Anyway, feel free to take. <laughs> There'll the be time yet. There'll be time yet. But no, thanks, June. Give us a little follow on Instagram. We, we are putting out stuff into that channel. But more importantly, keep listening. Keep your uh, feedback coming in as well. We really appreciate it. And um, it's always a pleasure spending time with you all. Nice one, guys.